Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series that we're doing called Get Connected. And um, this series is a, a part of the bigger series that we've been doing on the Ministry of Encouragement. In particular, we're working on a thing that we've called the Encourager's Plan. And that we're, we're filling in now the Encourager's Plan, which is always there in your notes, um, that, that the Encourager's Plan there at the, at the bottom of the inside of your bulletin is that we're, I encourage you to start the day by getting focused. And we learned Hebrews 10, 9, <coughs> 19 through um, 25 in order to do that. And we've talked about that. And then to be thankful for five things every day that, that get your mind right and, and get your, your heart right with God and makes the day better. Then we encourage you to get connected, which is what we're talking about now. We're talking about prayer. Take your stand, which we already preached on, out of the uh, Ephesians 6, 12 through 18 verses. And uh, putting on the armor of God and getting ready for what's happening. And then to encourage two people every day. And so we've introduced the ministry of encouragement and now we're filling it in with this plan that I hope you will all um, really take to heart. And that these verses we've encouraged you to memorize, that you'll go back to them because I'm going to keep coming back to them over and over again. And ultimately when we finish this whole series, you will have five sets of verses that you should have memorized if you've been keeping up with me a week at a time. I know it's hard, but, but we're introducing a week at a time. And that this series is sort of a bonus series because we're in getting connected and talking about prayer. We're using the Lord's Prayer as a model and that my hunch is that everybody already knows it because you learn it when you're really little. It's Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And, and so we're learning that and we're still doing it a verse at a time, but it should be easy because you should know what we've done. And we're, we're, I'm encouraging you to learn it in the NIV. Most of us learned it in a in sort of a, uh, a mixed translation, because I actually can't find the most known Lord's Prayer in any particular version. It's a mix of lots of different versions. So we, we just picked the NIV, which is simple, and, and we started a couple of weeks ago. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. That's what we're going to talk about today. You know, they, they teach that prayer to little kids. And this one little kid, they learn a lot around five, six, and seven. And so this one little kid was doing the Lord's Prayer and he got, got to that part and it said, uh, give us today our daily bread with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> I think I like that. I might include that in my version. It reminds me of this other kid, the missionary child, and uh, his parents were missionaries over in Europe. And uh, they were in a real sort of, you know, um, dry part of Europe spiritually. And the child of six or seven went to school uh, for the first time there. And the very first day of school, the teacher said to the class, I'm an atheist. And then said to all the children, how many of you are atheists? And most of the kids didn't even know what it meant. But they just kind of wanted to get the teacher's approval. So they all raised their hands except for this little missionary child and the uh, teacher looked at the little missionary child and said, what, you mean you're not an atheist? And the child said, no. And she said, do you know what an atheist is? And he said, yeah. And, and she goes, well, why aren't you an atheist then? He said, because I believe in God. She goes, well, why do you believe in God? She said, well, my parents are missionaries and they've taught me my whole life about God and about who Jesus is. And my mom's a Christian and my dad's a Christian and I'm a Christian. And the Teacher gets real upset. Well, that's not that good a reason. She said, well, if your, if your mom was a fool and, a, and, a, and your dad was a fool, what would that make you? And the kid thought about it for a minute and said, then I guess I'd be an atheist. <laughs> that's, I probably shouldn't make atheist jokes. 
But, you know, God doesn't believe in atheists, so it's okay. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> that just takes a little while, that last one. Okay. <laughs> so today what I want to do is I want to talk about this verse, give us our daily bread. Now, we're, we're encouraged and we looked at... Um, in taking our stand in that whole last series, uh, it ends up in, in Ephesians 6.18, and it tells us, to, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so the encouragement from the Apostle Paul is to always be in prayer. And that um, the disciples, when they, when they looked at Jesus' life, they noticed that he was a man of prayer, that they, every, they would find him often off praying by themselves. And so they went to him. And they asked him uh, to teach them to pray as well. And, and the Lord's Prayer, that, that we know as the Lord's Prayer, was Jesus' response to their asking him to teach them to pray. And that um, what we submit to you is that the Lord's Prayer was not intended just to be recited, but, but that it's a model for deep connection with the Lord. That it's a, it's a model to help us um, know things that we're to connect to God with. And so we started that first week talking about the and concept of God as Father and that He wants this intimate relationship with us. That Jesus introduced us to Him again as Abba, as Daddy, as a very personal connection that we're to have. And that the, the concept is, you know, children sort of running to their, their daddies when they, when they come home. It's that kind of idea that we need to have in our lives. And then um, last week we talked about, um, you know, choosing his will in, instead of our own in, in life and that, that we need to surrender to his and, and yield to his, his will as authority. And we introduced the concept of the kingdom a little bit. And I said that the kingdom of God, and we're going we're gonna to do a little more of that today. The kingdom of God is, is not a place that when you read the scripture, and, and I gave you some of the little scriptures that go along with it, that the kingdom of God is, is, is always about his rule and his reign in our lives. And that whenever you see the kingdom of God mentioned uh, in the New Testament, it's always about his rule and his reign. So a verse like that we have on our wall there, Matthew 6.33, that says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It means seek first his rule and his reign in your life and righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. It's a, it's a priority deal. It's, a, it's an understanding of the fact that our life is much better God's way than our way. And that it, it, that's what we have to come to in life. And that um, I encouraged you again last week that ultimately we live that out by doing the next right thing. And that, that that's, how we're to, that's how we sort of tap into the will of God, by doing the next right thing. And that you start every day by doing the next right thing, and you do the next right thing. And then I told you when you mess up, which we all do, because we all sometimes choose not the next right thing, because we're sinners, that we turn around right away, we go back to God, and we ask him to forgive us, and he does, and he loves us. And that my, my, my hope, my picture for you of God isn't this stern taskmaster, but of a papa, a loving daddy who, when you mess up and you go to him and ask him to forgive you, he just grabs you and loves you. and says, it's okay. Now get out there and do the next right thing. And he empowers you by his spirit to do that. That this is how we move into the will of God in our lives. And so we, we come to this next part of the prayer... Um, which is, give us today our daily bread. And at this part of the prayer, as far as the model goes, it's, it's, um, 
it's the spot where, you know, in prayer we sort of <clears throat> have come to God in, in, in this prayer and we've, we've understood Him to be Father and, and hopefully we work through that and we, we hallow His name, we worship Him and, and we, we thank Him for who He is and then we, we remember that we want His will in our lives, not our own, and we begin to surrender to that and yield to that and, and talk about that with Him and maybe areas that we're, we're stressing over and where there's no peace in our lives that we give those things to Him. And then we come to this part of the prayer, give us today our daily bread. And um, it's, a, it's a fascinating verse, and there's, a, there's some things that we, we need to grasp from it um, that I want to get to. It's, it's really about, some people come to me sometimes and they go, well, is it okay to pray for, uh, you know, I know I can pray for other people and stuff, can I pray for me? And I always tell them, well, of course you can. And that this verse is part of that process, um, that, that we can go to him with our needs, because God provides our needs, but it's, it goes even beyond that. And so um, there's this concept of bread that, that I want to get to, because in, in the prayer it should symbolize these things to you, because bread symbolizes a lot in the New Testament, um, uh, scripturally, and, and also in the, the natural. And so the first blank that you have there is that um, bread is a primary food staple. I just want to get that right off the bat. All over the world, in almost every culture, bread is sort of the primary food staple. Um, we live in a country of abundance, so we have all sorts of bread. Um, you know, we have aisles of bread at the store of every possible. I went down the bread aisle today, and they have, you know, they have so much, we have, and we have whole sections of the store that make fresh bread, and and so we might not see it as much of a staple, but. If you travel anywhere, almost anywhere else in the world, you will quickly find out that, that their main deal is bread. Um, if they got bread, they're covered. And um, in, when I was going over to Cuba all the time, um, bread was a big deal. Pan. You know, we, we would say, okay, we're going to feed people. And they'd say, okay, well, we need this much bread. And uh, that would be like it. And we'd do whatever else we could. But bread was, if we could get bread, they were happy. Give them a roll. First first. First class. And so all over the world, you see this, that they have breads that they make. And if they have bread, they pretty much have their, their, their basic sort of physical need met of food. And so in, in one sense, we're, we're to understand that this, this prayer is about God meeting our, our absolute immediate temporal needs and that he does it. But there's some other things that happen with, with bread in the Scripture that we need to be aware of. The second thing is that bread is a reminder of the Word of God. And as His children, um, we need to be fed spiritually by the Word of God. And that it, it, not only do we need our physical needs met, but we need to feed our souls. Um, in Matthew 4.4 4 it says, uh, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So merely having our, um, our physical and immediate needs taken care of isn't enough. We, we have spiritual needs that, that need to be taken care of and that God attends to those as well. And that as we're praying about this, this is another part of the concept. So, so he, we need physical needs and we have spiritual needs that, that we come into him with. Um, the third thing there is that, that bread is also a reminder of fellowship. Bread is a reminder of fellowship. Do I have that slide up there? Maybe not. 
All right. So uh, bread is a reminder of fellowship. We we need um, fellowship in order to thrive and survive. Acts two forty two says that they vote, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, th- there's there's a need in our lives for relationship. And, and, and so it's relationship with God and relationship with others is necessary in order to be healthy. So we have physical needs, we have spiritual needs, and we have relational needs. And all of these are wrapped into this part of the prayer. That th- these are things we're to be mindful of as we pray. Also, uh, fourthly, bread is a reminder of salvation. Bread is a reminder of salvation. Matthew 26, 26 says this, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Um, we take communion here as a reminder, um, because that's what Jesus gave it to us as, as a remembrance. Sometimes um, people ask me about the way that we do communion, um, because we it's probably not like most places, um, uh, it was just something that I felt years ago that the Lord sort of showed me a, a way to offer communion to people who wanted it in, in a, an appropriate way. And I always do it at the beginning of the service with the, the same thing we're doing as a reminder that, that when we get together, that, that we, it, it's a, it helps us to get focused on what really matters and what Jesus did for us. That this is all about Jesus. It always has been. It always will be. And so um, we... We present it that way on purpose. And so the picture of um, the bread being broken was a picture of what Jesus would do on the cross for us. And that, that when we talk about um, and think about this part of the prayer, it's, it's a reminder as well that, that uh, he, he connects us with him in this process of salvation forever. And so we, we have a need for that, too, of, of knowing that there's, there's more to life. And so... Um, when, when we move into this prayer, then we're having these things in mind, and, and I hope you would learn some of these pictures, that, that God is able to take care of our immediate physical needs, that, that God is able to um, provide for our spiritual needs, that God is able to provide for our relational needs, and that, that God has provided for our ultimate needs in life by connecting with uh, us with him forever in Christ. So all this is a part of this process. Now, in, in, in that, what we ultimately should come to is the realization that we need to depend on God. And that's how we're supposed to live. And that, that many of us struggle with a very, particularly in our culture, in our country, um, and it, it, it's good in some respects and it's not so good in some respects, is we tend to be very independent. And um, it's, like I said, in a lot of ways, it's helpful to be an independent person, but sometimes it gets us in trouble when it comes to God because we get fiercely independent. We often start getting distant from God. And we need to know that, that the only reason we could actually be independent is because we're absolutely dependent on God. And we have to make sure that we get that, that, that he's ultimately the source for everything. And as long as we're out there trying to be the source, we'll never experience the, the peace that comes from really being connected to God. He's the ultimate source. For everything, and, and so we, hopefully we, we understand that that's part of this process. And so as we move into the prayer, um, you have those things in mind, the pictures of bread, this, this need to depend on him. 
And then I, I think we can take the, the, the scripture and break it into three little areas that are very helpful in the process. And so the, the first part is give us. Now, it's interesting to me that the model for prayer says give us in it. Jesus taught it this way. It's, a, it's this plural concept instead of give me. Because the, the idea is um, that this fierce independence that I talk about, um, part of the way that we learn to move past it is by realizing that, that we are, we are need to be more selfless. And that the idea is that what God gives us, we willingly share with others. That's how he wants us to be. See, he shares everything with us. He shared the very best with us. He made a way for us. And he wants us to learn that about his character. And yet, what we often get to in this very independent thing is we can get very selfish very quickly. And there's no life there. Life is found in, in realizing that there's a bigger picture that is about God and that, that we need to be ready to share what we receive. Now, I don't mean that we don't ask for our needs, because I believe we do. And I think, I think we're to ask for our individual needs in this process, that, that we're to pray for others. But, but it's certainly okay, scripturally, to pray for your own needs. The, the concept, though, is that in the release, and as God blesses you, you also need to be willing to share with others. That, that wherever you can, that's part of the process. That's, again, see, the foundation of the ministry of encouragement. Being thankful for what you have frees you from holding on to it so tightly and you get out and encourage others with whatever that looks like and, and however that works. Being able to bless them with the things that God has blessed you with. So we don't want to hold too tightly or, or, or hoard onto the things that the Lord gives us. Hebrews 13:16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And so this, this idea of give us, I think we, we present to God all the stuff we're going through. And then as he, as he answers uh, in moving into our own lives, and we prayed for others and we pray for ourselves, that, that we're to be willing with whatever comes in, also share wherever we can. And that this is part of the reason for the wording of the prayer. It helps us to be less selfish, which is always a big step. One of the things, again, in the ministry of encouragement, that's supposed to do that as well. Keep us from being less selfish. Being thankful for what we have. Being focused on that. Instead of... See, if you're not thankful for what you have, I promise you what your focus is on what you don't have. And it's never good. Because you can just, you just completely get messed up by being focused on what you don't have. And, and yet it's a tendency that we have to be aware of. And being selfless helps us. So we start by being thankful for what we do have, what God has done, and it changes that picture. And it helps us to, to get the focus off of us. Now, so it says, give us today, the, the, the second little concept about today, very important, and, and it has this to it. Um, God wonderfully made for us 24-hour chunks of time, did it all for us, called a day. And he did that because that's really all you can handle. <laughs> God's really smart. And he said, these folks can only handle 24-hour chunks. And i got to give them a third of that to sleep. <laughs> At least. Some of us need more and naps. But anyway, that's another story. And, and it's, it's today, see? He, he tells us to live in today. Matthew 6.34 says, Don't worry about tomorrow, 
Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. His mercy has broken these days into 24-hour chunks. And what we don't want to do is get caught up in the past. Because there's nothing you can do about the past. You can learn from it, which you should do. But the only way you really learn from it is by not holding on to it too tightly and living in the moment. Or we get consumed by the future. And, and if we get consumed by the future, there's no peace in our lives. And, or we're pushing everything off till another time. Um, you know, if you, if you live for the future, you're pushing everything off, and then you may never, you may never get there. And so you're to live in the moment. It doesn't mean we don't plan or, or do those things. That's not what I'm talking about. But we learn to live in today. And we, we want to make sure that as we're praying, that, that we're connecting with God and we're realizing that we're trusting Him for today. And that we can trust him for today and we can trust him for the future, but we don't have to worry about it. God, and it's so much better to live in today because you can worry about all sorts of stuff and you waste a lot of time doing that. We've talked about it. Worry is a huge waste of time because it never, it never changes anything. And, you know, I have that statistic that I don't even like to use because of the real worries. It freaks them out. But 92% of what you worry about never happens. Which is a great statistic for everybody, but real worriers should go, I knew it, 8% happens. So it's a, <laughs> and that I do, I know it messes some people up. See, I knew it! But 92%, it's an A. Um, never mind. I, guess I can easily get off track. So live in today, this day, not stuck in the past, not worried about tomorrow. Live in this day, knowing that God's got you covered physically. Spiritually, relationally, and forever in salvation. And then the, the last little phrase, our daily bread, a fascinating phrase. Um, because it has a double meaning. And I introduced the first meaning in the concepts of, of, of asking you to remember about bread. And meeting those things in our lives. And, and the idea of our daily bread has with it. What I talked about today, God, what we need for today. And we, we approach him with that and that he's faithful with our needs. And I said our needs are physical, spiritual, relational and for salvation. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So he's faithful and that verse absolutely means that. Now there's another meaning to our daily bread. And it's a kingdom of God concept that I want to run by you just for a few minutes, so a little vineyard theology lesson. Um, the kingdom of God that I told you last week is his rule and his reign. And when Jesus came, he inaugurated the kingdom of God, his rule and his reign. When he returns, it will be consummated. It's not fully here yet. That's why we have to pray, let your, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's already happening in heaven. Not fully here yet. Inaugurated in Christ... When he came the first time, it'll be consummated when he comes back. So we live in a tension. Uh, and, and if you've ever heard me talk about this before, the tension we live in is the now and the not yet. The kingdom is here, but not fully here. His rule and reign is here. It's not fully here yet. It will come when he comes back and be fully here. And so we live in this tension. Now, why am I bringing this up with our daily bread? Well, I'll tell you why. If you study the root word for daily there, 
very possibly can mean tomorrow. And you say, well, don't worry about tomorrow. You don't worry about tomorrow. But here's what you need to be thinking about in this concept of the now and the not yet. You could actually read uh, Matthew 6, 11, Give us today the bread of tomorrow. Now, why would I say that when I've said all those other things? Because we're, we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow's bread. The concept has to do with the kingdom of God. And I believe it's a faith concept. And that, that when we approach God in this part of the prayer, we ask for all the physical stuff, the relational stuff, as we ask him, we get, we get all that in there for today. But here's where we're allowed, scripturally, to go in and ask God for all the stuff that's coming when he comes back. We can ask him to do it now. See, that's the bread of tomorrow. And we can, we can in faith go and say, in effect, God, I know that when Jesus comes back, everything gets straightened out. So, in faith, God, I'm asking for that bread today. And that's our foundation for, for doing that stuff. And, and if you don't know what that bread looks like, in Revelation 21, 1 through 4, it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God, gathered as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. See, to me, in this part of the prayer, in, in the kingdom sense, because he introduced the kingdom in the last verse. that In the kingdom sense, this is where we ask God to do the miraculous as well. And that he does. Um, he breaks in and does the miraculous. Does he do everything? Well, no, he's... The sovereignty of God is in play. But we can, in faith, go and ask him to move into the lives of people in miraculous ways, including ourselves. Because of that. Because it, you could literally translate that verse very easily. Give us today the bread of tomorrow. Talking about, God, you're, you're going to do it all when you come back. Would you do it today in this case? And, and that's a big part of that prayer. And so all these things go into those few little words. Give us today our daily bread. Is it six words? A lot of stuff in six words, isn't it? But there's a, it's a very powerful part of the middle of this prayer. And so I want you to consider that and, and, uh, and think about it and pray about it. And, uh, you know, if you like it better, give us today our daily bread with liberty and justice for all. Go ahead. And uh, sort of confuses things a little bit. But, but, uh, but, but pray it, add it, think about it, memorize it. Keep, keep memorizing the verses because these are easy. Try and go back and remember the other ones. And uh, we're going to put them all together as we continue on in this series. And, and God is faithful and he'll meet you here. So, so keep praying this thing as a model. Remember what a great daddy he is. Surrender to his will and ask him every day for, for the daily bread that you need. And be ready to share with those around you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for watching. If you're watching my video... And uh, if you need anything, you can call us or write us. We'll see what we can do. If you're up in Williston, God bless you guys. But we're going to go ahead and close today with prayer.